This is Sterling Drake, and you're listening to the Cloud Watcher Uno podcast. Everybody, that was Roll the Dice by Sterling Drake from his EP Roll the Dice. Now, let's listen in to the podcast. Hello, hello. Hey, one second. Let's see. Why? There we are. Let me see if I can get you on there. Sorry for the delay. That's uh, all right. Yeah, just driving all over Austin right now. <laughs> Getting ready for our show tonight. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, very well. Thank you very much. And I know you're a bit busy man. You've you've got a tour on right at this point, point, point in time. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're on the road. We've been out here. Um, we've been in Texas for about over a week now, but um, played up in Oklahoma too, and uh, a little bit in Tennessee. So all around. And then tonight you're going to be at the Broken Spoke. Yeah, we'll be at the Broken Spoke. That's um, an old prestigious dance hall here in Austin, Texas, one of my favorite historic buildings in, in country music in general. But uh, yeah, great little little honky-tonk here in Austin. We'll be there and we're going to Key West actually uh, after this whole deal in Texas. So we'll be down there in, uh, I guess, next week for about a week. Yeah. Excellent. And this is all in support of your amazing EP, Roll the Dice. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to trying to let people hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of us can actually play it as well. 
Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Soul Step Records helped me put that that vinyl out. Um, we did a limited run of colored records, and then we did the regular black ones as well. And but uh, yeah, I'm glad those those took forever, man, to get our hands on. You know, we we released the record October first, um, and uh, we didn't get those in our hand until a couple weeks ago because of supply chain issues. And and uh, they're talking about just how backed up everybody is you know for physical so we're just glad to have finally have them you know it feels like the record's finally out now that the now <laughs> that they're literally out in stores you know so yeah yeah that's fantastic uh, i'm absolutely enjoyed it Jody. i mean I, I love everything that melvin does with souls their records and then i saw that he was really, really releasing this and i thought i have to get my hands on the cop copy as well yeah i'm so glad you did and, and thanks and i've been seeing you guys on uh, thanks for sharing it around, and, and and thanks again for this interview. You know, oh no, I mean, uh, thank thank you for the music. I have to say, because it your your voice kind kind of carries you back, transports you back to kind of like the heyday of country music, but not like in the prestige kind kind way, but like like a, a real like like bring 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 in the best of that world back into 2021 right yeah i i appreciate that i do i think we we've had you know uh, the band and i have this conversation a lot you know a lot of people hear this music and they're like oh it's uh it's like you're doing a old you're doing a old you're trying to do you have an angle or you're trying to do old country music or something but i always found that fascinating because we're, we're not really intending to make old music i think we're just drawing from a more timeless ref point of reference i mean well, we, we play a lot of older tunes, you know, songs that have been around for a long time. But I don't think when Merle Haggard or when Willie, when Willie or, or heck, I don't even think when George Strait was playing Bob Wills tunes or blues tunes that were 100 years old, yeah. did he think he was playing old music. He was just playing music and nobody called it old then. It was oh, just music. No, no. So, I, think, I, I think it's because people want to put a label on it and the easiest label to put onto it is old country or real right. country but it's yeah. not it's i think what, what you're doing is making sure that that tradition still lives to the day that it still carry carries on and you're just carrying on from from those um artists you're just carry carrying on that torch yeah and i don't ever take it as you know i i, I always take it as a compliment I, I have noticed in the nashville circles i think sometimes when they hear this sound they instantly, a lot of people maybe in the industry see, use that old or retro or vintage as a, almost as a dismissive novelty term. Um, I don't think I get that interpretation from most folks when they say that, but I have noticed some industry folks like to think, you know, they put it in the corner and like, oh, it's Americana or whatever. And it's uh, it's interesting when you do hear that. We, we don't really try and put a label on what we do. You know, we're just playing, I think, cultural music, maybe roots music in, in, yeah. in at the core of it. But um Man, we're just we're just playing music in the style that we really like, and and uh, and just I think there's a uh, a need for more younger musicians that play this form of music, you know, that form of country music. So we just feel we're proud to be, you know, carrying on that tradition. You know, we've learned from a lot of older musicians, whether it's uh, you know pedal steel players and drummers and singers, songwriters all over this form of music, you know, that are from the previous generations, and we feel uh we feel lucky to be continuing on that form of music 
I think there's a lot of gatekeeping going on in modern country music. Yeah. And you yeah. Know, it's like those who are with record labels or A and RPP people, they're the ones who are trying to decide what makes country now, but they don't have the right. They don't have the right to stop artists like yourself and other artists from producing music that is truly authentic. You know, you're right, and and I don't I don't mean to say sound this say this to sound jaded at all, but I have realized after a while that you know you can artificially promote music. You can get you can share music. You know, I think whoever's got the dollar behind them, more capital behind them, has just more basic you know more opportunity to be in front of a lot of people. So I think that shifts the narrative where the money is. So the money kind of changes the the t- the tone and the and of of or the direction of where this whole genre of music goes. And I think some people, I think after a while, people are just not fooled by it anymore. And they've seen how far it's gone in a direction. And I feel a lot of people are disenfranchised from that. Um, I think it's all due for a correction. And it, and I think we're seeing that correction in in a, in a uh, in a small sense with artists that are becoming more popular today maybe more in the Americana sphere, but you know, your, your Chris Stapleton's, your Sturgill Simpson's, Tyler Childers, all those sort of artists. I think that's um, speaking on that, uh, on that, but, but I think it scares a lot of the, the people in power because you can't really, you can't really industrialize that form of music. Oh. I will say you can't really like put a, a, a factory standard of, of creation yeah. on that type of music. So it's, kind of out of their hands so i think it does scare some of the, the conventional old guard you know industry folks yeah, definitely i think there is a kind kind of like a fast food kind of mentality to come to music now it's all um i've said this before but to me it seems like um empty empty calories and that's it it, it tastes yeah. good but then after a while, you were thinking, well, it didn't really me up. You know, we use a funny, uh, I say we a lot, the band, we've, you know, we've been on the road, had time to talk a lot, but we use a term uh, that's very similar. We're always saying it's like pasteurized, uh, processed, like Kraft's mac and cheese version. <laughs> you <Yeah. know? laughs> like everybody like, you know, everybody has that guilty pleasure. But yeah, I hear you. You know, there's not as much. Um, yes, we, we totally it's not cage you know it's not cage free we're we're the we're we're uh, organic country music <laughs> try to be i love it 100% organic organic and free love it um i i just say the top three songs that i've got from your 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 album they've definitely roll the dice dance halls and dives and best of Tennessee. yeah could you, could you tell us tell, 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 a bit about each song? Yeah, what was the first one you said? Roll the dice. Oh, of course. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> man, we, uh, I just want, with that tune, there's not too much to it. You know, we wanted to drive home the production value more than anything and the playability. We just wanted to kind of showcase that style, that form, you know, that Western swing kind of sound you hear in that record. And I think country music has a home in jazz uh, to a large degree. And, I just think they've been so like segregated for a long time. I think people are really, and, and when you do hear Western swing played, it's kind of like become so I'd like, uh, there's not, there wasn't more 
enough forward momentum in that form of music. It's like Western swing happened. It was a thing. And now it doesn't happen anymore. And it's like, well, there's so much in the world of swung country music that you could do. And so this was our attempt at trying to maybe make something that sounded new, that had that sound to it. It still was definitely Western swing and uh, dance halls and dives. Um, it was pretty much the opposite. It was mostly about, you know, the lyrical content more than anything, you know? And so um, we, uh, we were just trying to, you know, I, I was just writing a song about this pursuit in, in music. I think it's uh, reminiscent of any sort of, you know, passion or pursuit, but the more I was put, you know, trying to do the music thing, the more I started pursuing it, the more disingenuine you kind of innately become, you know, it's not necessarily just about the music anymore because that now you, you have a, uh, a career a successful career that that you're depending on you're depending on right so you know you end up making decisions less you know you find yourself in in a moral quandary where you're like you know am I here to cater the music or do I have to get paid or do you know do I have to hit the road or you know and and it reflects your relationships and your friendships and and uh which kind of segues into best of Tennessee which is that same exact thing it's like that town you know I think for myself i can't i have not a bad thing you know i enjoy nashville i enjoy the, the music there some of the best players in the world are there so it's not necessarily a dig on the town at all but more just an interperspective um uh you know piece on just what what that like what living in that environment does to anybody who's pursuing a career you know um you end up finding yourself in that same moral you know uh quandary as you're as you're going through your career there and and it seems like, you know, any, any community, any career, uh, any networking area, you, you find yourself doing a little bit of networking stuff. And I just was not taken to that easily, you know, just like meeting people because they're important or doing all that. And it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And you find yourself doing things and aligning friendships in a, in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. And so that's more of a, more of a dig at myself, if anything. So, you know, reality check. And on tour, it's going to be Meg Fanfanfarrell and Selma Dean. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we played with Meg Farrell up in uh, Nashville and uh, in the Tennessee area. And then uh, we just were playing with Summer Dean. Uh, we have a show, one show with Summer Dean uh, at the White Horse on Saturday. Um, but we've played with a lot of great uh, artists on the road as well. We played with a gal named Mallory Eagle out of uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, and uh, we played with, um, oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Looks like, yeah. Uh, we played with Mallory Eagle and we played with um, uh, uh, Leo Rondu, who's an Austin singer songwriter um, uh, here at Sam's Town Point. And, uh, you know, we've shared the stage with a lot of, a lot of great people. Um, so, yeah. And um, I've been really enjoying your playlists that you have on Spotify. Really, oh, good. Like real deep dives. Yeah, I have a bu I have a I have a bunch, man. I, I it's funny, I just kind of I just like using that public forum to just kind of catalog music I like. I have, you know, a bluegrass playlist, country playlist. I've got a, a one that's kind of like a country and western freshman is what I called it. Yeah. It's like, you know, younger <laughs> younger folks that are doing doing a thing all over and um and then, uh, yeah, a Nashville playlist. But yeah, I I appreciate you listening to them, man. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there, there was so much great music that came out in 2021 as well. Yeah, yeah. 
I hear you. I, I've en- I've enjoyed recently. I'm I'm a big fan of just like old time tunes and collecting all those old time songs. You know, more more campfire tunes or fiddle tunes and all that. So I have another playlist on there called Old America, and it's uh, a bunch of those just like real old songs, you know, or uh, something that fits in that vibe. But to me, that's I could drive I could drive for days on end just listening to old Ozark <laughs> fiddle tunes or or whatever it may be. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so I'm just so, so uh, happy that, that those playlists are there because it for for anyone who you know wants to have like a his, history of bluegrass or wants to know the history of you know country true music, those are the perfect introduction. Absolutely. I for, yeah. I I think if anything, you know, a lot of people want to put an artist maybe in a in a box. And, yeah. and a lot of people, you know, I think this record shows a lot of elements of, of Western swing. Um, and some of the other, the, like some of the tracks are a little more stripped down, but um, I don't, I don't necessarily think the medium is like the identity of my identity per se. I think there's, I think it's just that, that form of music, the larger umbrella of folk music, American cultural music, which has a, uh, you know, lineage in all, all parts of all corners of the globe where it comes from shared melodies from, other cultures and stuff and so um i just enjoy collecting those tunes and finding a good song but also uh not only a song that like speaks to somebody personally but has like cultural significance too that has a little bit of um uh paints a picture of a place and time a little bit and were the songs that you wanted on the album album but didn't quite make it and you're trying to say for your next album i've got so much man i've got so much it's overwhelming. I feel like I'm at the point where I've got too many songs. I'm like, I'm just never going to be able to get any of them out. I don't know where to start, but yeah, we're, we're tracking. We've got some stuff now that's almost finished. Um, a couple tunes. We've got so much, uh, some original tunes, um, some old covers, some old songs that never made it to wax from other artists, uh, that we've, that we've ended up, uh, cutting and trying to save. And, uh, we've got different renditions of old time tunes that I've done, maybe in a more contemporary production, you know, with, with the pedal steel and fiddle or some, you know, we've, we we want to do some bluegrass too. And yeah, everything in between, man, we we're we're just tr- trying to figure out the sequence of how those things can come out. But we, we anticipate just releasing music as, as much as we can coming through the next couple of years. So. Excellent. And are you road testing any of those new songs on fans as well? What's that? Say that one more time. Are you road testing any of those new songs oh. on fans as well? Saying, you know, Absolutely. When, when you go to a gig and the artist goes, and I've got some new songs. Yeah, I'd say I'm doing just about just as many new originals as, as we're doing old ones at this point. And, and we do a lot of the old I really enjoy playing a lot of the, the timeless country songs too. You know, we'll, we'll do the dance hall circuit here in Texas and that's normally three hour shows, you know, and they want to hear dance tunes. So, so you're doing like, you know, we're playing all the Cindy Walker, Bob Wills, uh, Ernest Tubb, you know, we're playing all that stuff. Um, and, uh, and so we, we try to, we try to work up all that, you know, as much country music as you can hear in about three hours, we'll, we'll cram it down, you know, someone's <laughs> ears. <laughs> But, yeah. I would kill for a three-hour show. Yeah, it's we have fun, man. I mean, coming down here and doing the, coming to Texas and playing those dance halls, you know, like we'll, we'll be at Lukenbaugh Dance Hall. It's about an hour and a half outside of 
uh, outside of Austin, you know, you're in the hill country, pretty, pretty country area. And, uh, but lo and behold, no matter where you go in Texas and you see those dance halls, people come out, man, they don't, you know, the, the locals come out and it's, there's a big dance, you know, uh, culture here. So you get a lot of those, uh, a lot of those ranch, ranch folks that like to come out and dance. So, and they still like that old music. So we, we make sure we play it and do it justice. You can't, you can't fake it here, you know? So definitely not. Um, how lucky do you find yourself as being an artist who's actually on tour? Because a lot of um, gigs and cons concerts here in London, in the UK, are just being can cancelled left, right. Yeah, I mean, we've had, we've had that experience too. We've had to push a lot of stuff back. It's been uh, disheartening to say the least, man. And uh, seeing all that stuff, I mean, w you know, we're just whatever we got to do to, to make it through all this is what we got to do. So we can't really complain about it. And there's a lot of other people that are going through way worse stuff through all this than we are. Um, and, uh, you know, I think it's, we've, I've used this past lockdown and time and all that as more of a, uh, time to nurture some other passions and stuff. So uh, maybe it's like life giving me a, a time out for a little bit, but, um, I will say we're doing, you know, we're still doing all our booking. Uh, I'm doing all the booking myself and I've got a, a management, the manager and a small team, but they're really focusing a lot of the bigger picture stuff and distribution. So um, at the moment, booking's still up to me. Uh, so I feel extremely privileged for every show I get to play because because it's you know all these venues have you know are been kind enough to give us a chance. You know, we've been coming down to Texas once once a month for the past since October, but uh, for Luke and Baugh dance hall to open the doors to us on a Saturday night or white horse open the doors to us on a Saturday night or the broken spoke. A lot of these places, a lot of people play the, the, the bad shifts for, a, you know, a while before they even get to get on one of those, those, you know, on a stage on the weekend or on a good time. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm beyond privileged to, to be able to do that. And, and it's a blessing, um, but we're, we're going to keep at it and see, see if we can't, you know, ride this momentum while we're doing it so and how important was it for you as an artist after lockdown to finally get out on stage in front of uh, you? yeah it was great i think our first my first show back was on broadway in nashville at uh, acme feed and seed uh, it's a, one of the bigger stages there on the uh, you know very tail end of broadway right there um and it was great to just be back up there again um uh, yeah, I mean it's been it's been awesome. I, I spent all the lockdown back in Montana and probably saw just a handful of people the whole time, you know, through about a year. Or so coming back and doing that was just like <laughs> it, it was took an adjust. It's been an adjustment, but we're but uh, we're glad to be doing it, man. And could you remember how to play a guitar again? Oh, I still play. I still play. If anything, I got. I finally got better at it. You know, <laughs> I had time to sit down and worry about playing because when you're when you're performing, you're worried about all the other stuff. You know what I mean? You're you're worried about getting to the show. Oh, I got to make sure I got strings. Every, every little thing. You know, what time's loading? What all? You're not thinking about. You really, you know, especially down there in Nashville. Nashville is a weird a weird thing because you can get caught in the hustle just trying to stay busy. You know, you could play. You could play a show every day in nashville yeah and have a different band every time you play it too and you could play two and three hour sets and have a different band every time and be, you'd spend more time sending out set lists and getting all this stuff done and and you don't spend enough time honing that your performance you know um so this has been nice for us to hit the road with the same band for 
for a month now and have time to put in rehearsal and, and all that. So we feel like we're actually, you know, worthy of playing a stage that's not just on Broadway. So <laughs> now yeah. that the um, album is out and you've had a chance to step back from, from it, are there things that you can see that you would have done differently at all? Um, you know what? I, I feel pretty privileged because a lot of people, I've, you know, have that. They put their first record out and they're like, oh, man, I wish I did it different. I think we waited long enough. And, and I think there's so much integrity in the engineering process of it. And I think the songs were good enough and especially the players were uh, beyond good enough. And and um, so we yeah, I mean, it's great. I think there's things we'll do maybe do differently on the next record, but it wouldn't it's not to take away from the previous record. You know, we. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm developing as a singer a lot since that record, if anything. It's the one thing I can notice. Um, and uh, our, I guess my inspiration, the pool of inspiration has deepened since then. But um, no, I, I'm, I'm really happy with how it turned out. And I'm, I'm fortunate that, that to feel that way, because a lot of artists don't share that same sentiment about that first record. But give me a year or two, maybe I'll change my mind, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, is, is this the only tour you're going to do doing in 2022 or is there more in the fall? Oh, we're, we've got plenty <clears throat> plenty coming up. Um, we're trying to orchestrate that calendar and it's all tentative while while we go through, yeah. you know, COVID. But um, yeah, I, I we're probably hitting the Northwest come spring is what we're looking at. No, no confirmations yet, but and we're playing, we'll be plenty active in the Southeast through through the winter. Um, uh, yeah, I played. I'm playing down at the Station Inn in um, Nashville about once a month now, which is just like, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I feel like Austin has the Broken Spoke, where we're playing night, and then Nashville has the Station Inn. They're they're very, they're equally revered, I will say. And so, um, we're, we're happy to be playing there, and we've got a couple of residencies in February, and so uh, yeah, looking forward to playing, staying busy in the in the southeast uh, part of the country. Excellent, excellent. And are there any more sing singles coming off of the album at all? Uh, nothing announced yet, but we'll definitely have some music out uh, in the first uh, first quarter, maybe of this, maybe first half of this year. So, uh, yeah, expect some more music for sure. We'll, we'll be having some out soon. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sterling Drake. It was amazing to have you on the show. Thank you. Glad, glad to talk to you. Hope to do it again. Excellent.